There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode this season, is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. On this week's episode, we have an old favorite in Harrison Sanford, host of Inside the Green Room. Harrison, what's good in LA? Yo, I'm already an old favorite? <laughs> Bro, we're moving on, man. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> we're moving on, man. I forgot the sound of your voice and everything, man. Yeah, everything is good, man. Everything is good. How's everything in Toronto? Uh, so, it snowed today. Today was the first snow of the season. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. I won't describe my scenery then. <laughs> no, no, no. Please do. Actually, I'll please do. Nice. Let people understand why uh, Danny and Choir are in the warmer places right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably what a good. 70 degrees Fahrenheit. You, you, I'll let you do the calculation. Like, I'll let you do the calculation. That's like 20? <laughs> that's like 20 Celsius? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty nice. There's a nice cool breeze. I, I underestimated, I, I myself underestimated how nice the weather oh. is here uh, right. in LA because there's no humidity. Um, oh, God. So that, 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 that's, where it, that's where it becomes nice. I, I, don't, I don't really care for it hot weather but when it's hot with no humidity then <laughs> then we're talking yeah man all right that's enough man i'm already feeling real jealous yeah, sorry. i'm wearing a big yellow My sweater fault. right now i look like big bird uh <laughs> so the reason why i mean there's many reasons i have harrison on the podcast but the raptors are playing uh actually a five-game road trip it's their longest road trip of the year they're going on to the west coast they're playing a back-to-back against the lakers and the clippers i wouldn't say it's the most ideal timing but uh, who better to have on the show to talk about the Lakers and the Clippers, who are two of the, obviously, best teams in the league, uh, two of the most high-profile teams in the league this year. 
We'll start with the Lakers. Uh, first off, how is Danny's fitting? Uh, how is his fit with the team? How how is he being received? Are the Lakers fans appreciating him for the treasure that he is? Uh, I, I think they're very much appreciating him. One, because I don't know. I'm sure everybody who's a part of NBA Twitter knows this. Uh, there is a strong dislike for Contavious Caldwell Pope <laughs> among Lakers fans. I, I got a question about KCP later. So okay, good. Yeah, it's wild. Like, they really don't like him. And I, you know, I, I've met JCP a couple times. He's a nice guy. So it's just unfortunate that they, they're, they're against him right now. But, uh, but obviously Danny's fit with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, um, is much needed in terms of being a three point shooter and also somebody that can play defense. So the fan base is taken to him well. Um, I would even, I would almost argue to say he's probably more valuable to the Lakers than he was last year in Toronto uh, because there were so many scores in Toronto versus now with the Lakers. Danny's third, third uh, in scoring on the team right now. Um, so uh, the Lakers fans are very much uh, appreciating what he's bringing to the table because he is probably their most reliable shooter that can get rotation minutes. Yeah, I was uh, watching that Mavericks game where Danny sent it to overtime uh, with – well, I mean, it's a classic Danny Green play, the hammer play, especially with LeBron passing the ball too. It's it's real nice, but I was like, you know, it, it just it made me very uh, wistful. I would say just because you know, with the game on the line, Danny Green in the corner, you know, he's gonna make that. So, um, no, I'm I'm really happy to see Danny fitting in. I mean, we talked about it, you know, even after the signings happened, Danny's like an ideal, perfect fit in that in that team in that system. Obviously, the Lakers need shooting, um, but. But, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy to hear that he's doing well. Um, the Lakers as a whole right now, top five defensively. Uh, is that sustainable? Uh, you know, it would be interesting if it is. It, I think during the regular season, I think for sure, because I think they will, regardless of what the, you know, the, the outside opinion might be, I think they are going to stick with uh, either Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee playing the five. Um, so with that type of lineup out there, the, the rim protection is going to be great. And it allows Avery Bradley and Danny to really push up on the guards and force them into the paint. It'll be interesting to see how their playoff, how their defense evolves in the playoffs when they decide to go with maybe more AD at the five, which introduces less rim protection now because you're going to have to insert whether it be a Rondo or Caruso, or obviously a Kyle Kuzma into more playing time. It'll be interesting to see how that defense sustains because it, you know, a lot of people in the common thought would be AD is going to play the five for more minutes, especially when the season, the games get more important. So how that defense translates during that portion is yet to be seen because Kyle Kuzma is pretty much just getting right back into the rotation over the last three games. So, uh, to be determined, but obviously they have a good, a good foundation of what could be a very good defense. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I mean, in terms of rim protection, as long as you got AD at five and you got LeBron coming over on the weak side at four, that's not bad. Even without Dwight, no, that's not bad at all. About. You know what I mean? That's a, that's no, a, that's a sure. rich person problem right there. But um, this Dwight Howard thing, I feel like it's one of the most uh, inexpl- inexplicable sort of storylines just because i mean when he was in la the first time he was hated obviously him and kobe didn't get along of course laker fans are gonna side with kobe but the way dwight has embraced his role it feels like everyone's been trying to say this to him forever like can you just be tyson chandler like be a really really good tyson chandler block shots catch lobs 
uh, Dwight is playing amazing right now. His, I think his field goal percentage leads the league, mostly because he's mostly just catching lobs from AD and LeBron. Uh, and also the, the block shots. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's been incredible to see. And also the, the transformation in his body. It feels like Dwight is like noticeably sl- smaller than he was in previous years. What's going on with Dwight? This, this feels too good to be true. Yes, Dwight is noticeably sm- smaller. Uh, we actually had him on our debut edition of the podcast yesterday as our guest, which will be released at some point soon. Okay, um, okay. And, but he's, yes, yes, we had to get it done. But uh, he is still very much intimidating in person, physically, uh, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, no, Dwight's been great. Uh, I think one of the things that him, we talked about is just how he's kind of switched this notion that because he's just rebounding and blocking and doing and putbacks, that doesn't make him a role player. That just He said it so eloquently. He basically said that that's just his purpose on the court. And it's funny how the perception of a, something changes with just the different way that you phrase it. And so when he you know, has this, you know, this mindset now that his purpose on the court is to dominate physically and push people around and rebound and block and have all these putbacks, and he's coming out there and he's not – having to play, you know, starters minutes. He's coming off the bench and those bench minutes that he's putting in um, are just, he's just lethal in them. And then it's scary when you think about somebody who has been as dominant as he's been over the course of his career, being hungry again, you know, hungry to the standpoint where he's not guaranteed starters minutes, hungry to the standpoint where he's not guaranteed his contract isn't even guaranteed uh, if he doesn't make it to a certain date in January, he could just be released with nothing. So that's, you know, another factor that's, you know, aiding his hunger. And then he spoke, you know, he spoke about the meeting that he had with LeBron and, uh, Rajon Rondo and Anthony Davis and Rob Palenka and how they basically grilled him, uh, when he came for his free agency meeting. And so now he has, you know, he has to uphold his word more than ever, especially the second time around in LA. So the spotlight's on him, and he's and he's doing all the right things. And his job is—I wouldn't say it's—I'm not going to say it's easy, but if he just does the right things, he could fulfill it well because he has the physical attributes to do it. But just keeping his body and his mind in line with the goal and the mission—he's uh, a dangerous, dangerous big man to have off the bench, uh, particularly with the way that he's shown to be healthy so far this year. Yeah, and I'm really happy for him too, just because, you know, he's gone through a lot of things. He's obviously uh, hasn't been healthy in a while. It feels like since he was a Laker, he hasn't really been fully healthy. Uh, he looks a lot more spry. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous right now. He's shooting 78.6% from the field, which obviously leads the NBA. And uh, he, his block percentage uh, is at a career high. This is even higher than when he was like uh, a shoe in for Defensive Player of the Year every year. So uh, if Dwight keeps this up, obviously that's a huge boost for the Lakers. Um, Last thing about the Lakers before we move on to uh, the, the crosstown rivalry with the Clippers. Um, how come KCP is getting all these sure. minutes? All I see on Twitter are bad KCP plays and then uh, a lot of KCP memes. I've got a I've got a theory that um, LeBron always keeps at least one knucklehead on his team so that uh, <laughs> he always has a scapegoat to point to. <laughs> you look at J.R. Smith, for example. I feel like he could draw a direct line from J.R. Smith to KCP. But, yeah, what's the deal with KCP, man? I, I think it's, I mean, for the most part, he, he's pretty much the only backup shooting guard, two guard with size. And you look at a Quinn Cook, 
Uh, you look like at a Troy Daniels, and especially with Kuzma Jeff getting back into you know the rotation, they need his minutes because I mean Danny's not going to play thirty six minutes a game at the two guard, so they need somebody who's going to fill that role from a physical standpoint, and then also too, um, again with Casey with Kuzma just getting back into the rotation. They're, frankly, they're going to need somebody who's not afraid to shoot. Um, I'm sure Lakers fans wish he would shoot, and when he shoots, he would score more. But nonetheless, like the the way the roster is const- constructed, they need they're going to need somebody who's aggressive off the bench, and and we'll see how much better he looks or how much better the team looks in general when Rondo comes back. Because from a playmaking standpoint, you can see there's a number of possessions where it just feels like they settle for an Anthony Davis post-up or, you know, LeBron might bring up the ball slow a couple of possessions just because he's trying to conserve energy or be wise about how he uses it. And it feels like Rajon Rondo can unlock the team's uh, offensive potential a bit more just with his understanding of playmaking and things of that nature so that things can move a bit more freely offensively if you don't get bogged down with just uh, Anthony Davis post up or LeBron trying to post up from the nail and just trying to observe what the defense is doing so you could pass it to somebody else. Um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Although, you know, Rondo is Rondo's I, I, a lightning round too. Lightning is a, Rondo, a lightning yes, round too. Because a lot of people don't like Rondo based on the numbers last year. The advanced stats really painted a very negative picture for Rondo. But I, I think yeah, to, what you're mentioning does make a lot of sense. It does seem like their offense is sort of figuring itself out right now. Uh, we're going to talk about the Raptors in a second, obviously, but um, we got to go across town to the Clippers. Okay, first off, now you're in, you've been in LA a, a little bit now. Uh, mm-hmm. The feeling, I mean, it's definitely despite the fact that the Clippers are relevant again, obviously because they have Kawhi and eventually Paul George. But it seems like every time Kawhi goes out in public, I mean, at the home opener, he was booed, which was technically in his own arena, uh, and then yep. he went to a Dodger game and he got booed. Um, I mean, just from your sense of it, in terms of if, if it's a Clipper town versus a Laker town, what's the what's the divide? Give me like a percentage. Oh man, it has to be a good, has to be a good eighty to twenty <laughs> in favor of the in, in favor of the Lakers. I mean, they just built up so much history here, um, and then it's not just the fact that Kawhi plays for the Clippers; it's the fact that he turned down the Lakers in order to go to the Clippers. Yeah, um, I think as an extra level of animosity or disdain from the Lakers fan base. I mean, there's nothing that the, there's nothing that the Clippers can do in the immediate future that's going to tremendously turn the tide. Um, but I think I think maybe for the first time, Lakers fans, the ones that I've spoken with, this is probably the first time where they understand that the Clippers are not just a really good team. Like there there is a potential for the Clippers to beat them. Um, in a playoff series or potentially win an NBA title. And, you know, maybe during the, maybe during the Chris Paul Lob City era, Lakers fans had concern about the Clippers, but I don't think they ever really thought that that, that Clippers team could win an NBA title. I think any wise Lakers fan knows that there's a chance the Clippers can take this whole thing the way they're constructed. Um, obviously, keeping a close eye on the Clippers, uh, how do you think Kawhi is doing in his new digs right now? Mm, uh, Kawhi's been great. Uh, he looks real comfortable, uh, man. It hurts. It hurts me to watch it, but he looks real comfortable. <laughs> he looks like a man he looks of home, real you know? comfortable. Yeah, he looks real comfortable. He looks happy, um, and it looks like his. 
we we watched him all last year. The one thing that we probably noticed that was his weakness was the playmaking. Yeah. And it feels like at this point, and you know, something actually Danny and I talked about recently, Kawhi is probably their best and main ball handler, playmaker now. Yeah. Well, probably yeah. not ball handler, playmaker now. Like he's the one because nobody's really asking Patrick Beverly to draw, you know, accumulate ten assists in a game. Uh, they're pretty much asking Kawhi to do a lot of things as a ball handling and playmaking, um, which is an interesting development. And obviously, if he gets, if he continues to get better at that, that's tremendously scary for any opposition. Uh, but he's looked good there. And when Paul George comes back, he's not going to have to take the primary defender. Uh, he is a scary, scary individual in terms of the talent he puts on the floor. If you're not, if he's not on your team. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, all of last year, I kept uh, laughing to myself every time Kawhi would be on the Raptors and, and play another team because I'm just like, how would you handle this dude? And now that the Raptors are going to play Kawhi later this week, although maybe he load manages, I don't know, fingers crossed he doesn't because nah, I would like to see him. He can't. He, he can't he's do gotta that. He's got to play. He's got to play. He can't uh, do that. He's yeah, got to play. That's going to be tough, man. Uh, whoever is guarding him, Pascal or OG, probably OG. Uh, it, you know, mm-hmm. OG's played great defensively so far. He's, he's gotten top marks for that, but... Kawhi is just uh, is a different type of problem, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny the slow management thing coming becoming an issue. I was it's, it's very interesting that like you, you got Woj tweeting about it with like a four tweet thread, basically justifying Kawhi taking games off as he did last year. Now, granted, the bigger issue is that he's doing on national TV, and I don't really remember him doing it last year on national TV. Uh, but it, it is kind of interesting how, but he, I mean, he load managed like 20 games in Toronto and people just were like, yeah, eh, that makes sense. And now as soon as he goes to LA and he load manages, it's like, well, no, we need, uh, NBA spokesperson, Mike Bass to come out and, and release like a, well, he's actually hurt. I mean, uh, it, it is just interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get the outrage because trust me, last night I was, I, last night was a night where I typically mm-hmm. would have tuned in to eat tuned in to, you know, here in the States, tuned in to ESPN, and I could have shut everybody off and just watched basketball night. So it's Warriors-Rockets, yep. but the Warriors don't have all their guys. And then, okay, and then after that, I could watch the Bucks versus Clippers. Well, Kawhi's not playing. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like... <laughs> you don't get Kawhi versus Giannis, I, man. That was so fun last exactly, year. Exactly. Exactly. And I am a big basketball fan, obviously, so I, pop, I still watch, right? But for the casual <laughs> fan... For the casual fan, why did you like, front well, like you, you know were going to watch this? Yeah, of course I was going to watch it. I was still going to watch it. Yeah. But think about like uh, the casual fan. It's like, well, maybe this is a date night. Well, maybe this is a movie night now. Like plans yeah, yeah, change yeah. because yeah, yeah. the people that you want to watch, and then that has a trickle down effect for everybody. So I get the outrage. Um, people are tuning in for Patrick time, Patterson. <laughs> that that would be negative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I, I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, I totally understand where Kawhi is coming from. It's proven to, it's proven to have worked. So if, it's, if there's nothing wrong with it, from his standpoint, do not fix it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's talk about the Raptors. So going back let's to Danny, uh, one of the issues that have cropped up this year is the shooting guard position. Uh, obviously, last year, Danny was so solid in that role. I think he played about 80 games. Obviously, was healthy throughout the entire year and even throughout the playoffs. Although you know everyone gets banged up a little bit in the playoffs, but he you know he played all those games. This year, because Danny's not here, Fred's had to play the shooting guard position, which is a little awkward. Like you can get away with it. 
I think it's actually been pretty successful by the numbers. And Fred does a lot of things mm-hmm. to play above his size. And I, I actually, when they released the official me- measurements and Fred was announced as six feet tall, I couldn't believe it. I threw out all the other measurements after that. I was like, that's, that <laughs> one's just not true uh, for a fact. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, that shooting guard position has become kind of wonky. And there's actually been a bit of a uproar in Toronto just being like, man, the Raptors should have uh, kept Danny Green around. Obviously, he was a fan favorite and he was really good last year. Um, but, I mean, when you look at that shooting guard position for the Raptors, uh, to, to me, the one the guy that's underperforming is Norm. And if Norm could sort of step up into his role, then you wouldn't have Kyle leading the league in minutes and you wouldn't have Fred being third in the league in minutes because it's supposed to be a three-guard rotation. You obviously saw a lot of Norm last year. Norm was yep. on inside the green room and everything like that. What is it about Norm that, that's so inconsistent where he doesn't seem to be able to translate those eye-popping performances into something that you can see on a nightly basis because the talent mm. is there. The, the talent is definitely there, and I could see why. Um, obviously, I'm sure you know it would have been great if Danny stayed, but I could see why the Raptors management uh, could have said, "All right, well, if Kawhi is not coming back, well, then how valuable is Danny to this team if we have somebody like Norman Powell?" Yeah. Um, I don't. That, uh, that is, I mean, a very good question. I I, I do wonder in terms of when it comes to Norm, just like does the inconsistency in his role, has that, how has that impacted his confidence and how things are structured offensively? Because, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, at one point in his career he's a starter, and I'm sure yeah. or could, he's been fighting for starters minutes all these years. So um, I don't know. I mean, that's, I wish I had the answer to that question because he has all the, he has all the talent. Yeah, he does. Um, all the talent, and he, and he was obviously working in the offseason. He could shoot it. He could put it on the ground. Um, it would be interesting. I do wonder how much how much better does Norm look if he's out there with the starters versus coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, does, that, does that play an impact? Maybe Norm plays more of the – correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the rotation, um, I feel like it's OG that might come out, or it's one of the point guards that comes out first. And so he's on the floor with either Kyle or Fred a lot, as opposed to maybe with both of those guys. Maybe he replaces OG, even though he's smaller. I'm not sure. That is not my problem to solve. <laughs> yeah. You know, no. but, I, it, it, but it's it's a good problem to have because he's talented, man. He is he talented. Is for sure. Here's the thing. We, we, we've just been thinking about this for many years. I think this is year five of Norm Powell. Uh you know, we, we've seen flashes and we're always like, you know, when eventually, because like last year, it's like, fine, he didn't really play a major role because there's Danny and there's Kawhi. A lot of those wing minutes are just taken. You know what I mean? Even a guy like OG, who's thriving now, it was like, well, last year he was just blocked. And so he wasn't as effective last year. It just feels like, I don't know, man. Norm just, uh, I think for me, it might just be decision making with him. Like, I think that's why it, the case is, is that he's going to play better with the starters, which I think is going to be a tough case to make just because Fred's actually playing pretty well. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to at least politically to go, well, you know what, uh, we're going to have to send you to the bench and send an underperforming player to the starting lineup just to sort of balance out the team. That's a little bit harder to sell politically. But I think the case for Norm being better as a starter is just that, like, you know, his decision making might be the weakest part in his game. Like he's a pretty good finisher, yep. whether that's like going down to the to rim and finishing a layup or dunking or taking an open three and hitting those. He's pretty good at that. So, you know, when he's on the floor with playmakers like Kyle, when he's on the floor with playmakers like Marcus Gasol, mm-hmm. it makes life a lot easier for him. He's not really deciding so much as he's just finishing. Uh, but, I mean, again, 
I feel like you can make that argument for everybody. And, and at some point, yeah. especially in year five, you should be able to figure out what you're doing off the bench. Because he's been do- playing off the bench for pretty much his whole career outside of a couple of stints when DeMar Carroll was hurt. And so, I don't know, man. No, I, I, I'm pulling for I, Norm, but, you know. Yeah, I, I am too. Norm's my guy. So I may, and maybe I think that might be probably the best best explanation of it is just if he's on the court with four of the starters, how much does he have to think versus how much does he just have to react um, and just do what he does, whether that's a spot-up shot or two dribbles into the paint after a fake. And that 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 would be that could seem like a very feasible reason why. Yeah, right now the Raptors are shuffling. I mean, there's a chance Norm might lose out minutes to Matt Thomas. Have you heard? Have you have you heard about Matt Thomas? Uh, of course, I've heard of Matt Thomas oh, yeah? because I I still follow Raptors Twitter. So I of course, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've I'm seen, telling you, man, Alex is like well. his agent or something, man. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen the tweets. Um, I understand hey, the kid can shoot. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so that's obviously a valuable asset for the team. I've, I've actually watched, I think there's only maybe two Raptors games I haven't seen so far this year. Oh, I, wow. kind of, I like, yeah, no, I, I've been watching. Uh, uh, and which I've two games did you skip? Too much about. Which one uh, must have been a team that I didn't care too much for? It might have been when you guys hosted the Pistons. Oh, man, that was uh, not a good game to watch. Although Pascal did some good yeah. things, but that's one you just watched the highlights for, maybe. There you go. There yeah. you go. And I can't remember. And and I didn't catch the Kings game last night, even uh, though that was I fun, saw actually. that one. I saw the highlight of of Serge's growl after that one dunk, yeah. which is pretty funny. Serge is a hilarious <laughs> um, dude. So, yeah. No. I mean, I've liked what I've I like what they have. I mean, I like Terrence Davis, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but yeah. I do think for but I do think they are going to they need another body, especially oh, yeah, with big, McCall big being out big time. They need another body. I do like what Nurse has done sometimes is put Pascal at the three. Yep. Um, I love I love Pascal's develop, his development oh, like outside of him not knowing how to stop fouling people. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I like what I, – I, I, I understand the sentiment in Toronto because, damn, if Kawhi and Danny did come back, they would probably be favorite. They would have to be favorites. They're Thank still you. a very good team. Thank you for a saying very that. very good team. <laughs> Yo, here's oh, the thing. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I don't want to put on the tinfoil hat and be like, "Oh, the American media, or whatever." Because you know, you're American media now. But listen, the fact that Kawhi left a situation like this, where if you just look at sort of the rest of the NBA and where everything shook out after free agency, there were no more super teams. If he just stayed in Toronto, that team is the favorite to go to the finals and win hands the down. finals. That's just a, yeah, no, it's a hands down, yeah, hands down favorite yeah. to win the finals. Yeah, and uh, yeah. nobody nobody knocks him for it. So he better win with the Clippers. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's all. <laughs> that's all. We're like we're, we're like that. We're like the the partner that had the ring, and we're we were like ready to propose and ready to get married. And he's like, I'm good. And now he's with someone else. And you're just like, you better marry yep. them. You better marry yeah, them. Yeah, you better. Yeah, because yeah. you know I have the ring <laughs> yeah. right here still. I haven't I haven't returned it yet. I still have the receipt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Pascal though. He's making this leap right now. Uh, I mean. He's showing new things in his skill set now that are just, uh, you, you know, you know when you see certain players and they can kind of do what they want on the floor, like you know what I mean. Like it's not like anything is outside of the limit in terms of he can cross over and pull up, he can drive into the lane, he can finish left hand, right hand, he can spin any way he really wants to. He can he doesn't really jump over guys, but he definitely is long enough to stretch over guys. And when you see all this coming, and when you see even the playmaking that Pascal has made. 
I don't know. I'm kind of sold that he's a number one guy. Maybe he's not a number one guy that's like Kawhi level and he's going to win you a championship, at least maybe not yet. Mm-hmm. But as a number one guy, I, I, I mean, you know, to be honest, sometimes I look at the season, I'm like, I, I do worry about like depth and minutes and, you know, how they match up with certain teams. But ultimately, this year is a bridge year. It's about how guys like Pascal and OG grow and Fred as well. And on that front, like Pascal developing is way, way more important than, you know, whatever Norm's doing off the bench. You know what I mean? And to the, from that perspective, I think the season has been uh, has been really promising just because Pascal looks amazing to me. Like all NBA level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, considering the circumstances, I think if you're a Raptor fan, you still have to be tremendously happy with what you got uh, and how the season has, look, has looked so far. Obviously, market guys off maybe a slower start than people would have hoped, but yeah. Pascal, to your point, <laughs> Pascal has been looking great. I've, I've seen him more confident shooting that wing three now. Yep. Um, so he's he, he's a problem. And I actually had a conversation um, with a former player in the league who was actually with Pascal during this past summer, uh, during the workouts. And he said Pascal was still working out, um, you know, three times a day. Jeez. And, you know, a guy like a guy like Pascal to go as long as he did during the season and getting in the gym three times a day just shows you, like, where his mindset is in terms of getting better and ownership of his role. And so that, I mean, I, I, honestly, Pascal's probably my favorite player in the league just because of, you know, acts like that, like, attention to the craft but yet still being you know like a personable person yeah um he's he's like he's got he's got the potential to be scary and obviously with his size his ability to play multiple positions he could play the three just as much as he could potentially play the five um so he's he is a a, he's a he's a very big problem for the entire league and something that the Raptors should be happy about going forward. Him and OG, I've watched a lot of OG this year, obviously. Looks like he's finally coming into his own yeah, as yeah. well. And so I'm sure not being able to be a part of that playoff run last year, you know, was disappointing for him. So looks like he's making up for it. But between those two guys, uh, you really got something as long as, you know, Fred continues to, to develop. And I guess we'll, we'll see how the rest of the roster kind of pans out. Yeah, I mean, the core in place is pretty promising right now, uh, and especially with OG, like you mentioned. The, the confidence is just night and day, right? Like last year, when he came to the game, you know, he played a lot of four last season just because the Raptors didn't really have a backup four. And I guess eventually Ibaka kind of became a backup four in the playoffs kind of thing, depending on matchups, especially against Philly. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, OG, this is a, it's a real step. I mean, a lot of people compared him to Kawhi Leonard before the draft. I always feel like Toronto media – or at least Toronto Raptors fans, we kind of overhype people and then get disappointed and then start hating them. It's just, it's such a weird cycle. And I was worried that that might happen with OG, but I mean, he's really looking really good right now, man. I'm looking at the the, the box score right now, 1.4 steals per game, 1.7 blocks per game, shooting 58% from the field, 50% from three. The three-point percentage probably drops a little bit, uh, although I think his free throw percentage is going to improve. Right now he's shooting 33%. He's posting a Wow. 58, 50, 33 stat line uh, shooting percentage-wise. That's, That's weird. But OG looks amazing, man. Uh, and, you know, again, in the bigger scheme of the things, like it, it, game-to-game results doesn't matter. If the Raptors go 2-1-3 on this road trip, people are going to be like, oh, man, they're only like one game over 500 or two games over 500, and they can't beat elite teams. I'm like... Yeah, okay, fine. But, like, man, that's not what the season's about, really. Like, the season's about the growth of these young guys. And, and OG looks like 
he's definitely a piece to keep moving forward because there was a conversation maybe that if the Raptors wanted to make a trade, sort of a win-now trade, I wouldn't see why they would, but if they wanted to make a major win-now trade, OG could have been a piece moving out. I guess he still could be, but like the way he's playing right now is, is amazing. Nah, OG might be too valuable to give up for something that does. If it doesn't equate to like going back to the finals, I don't know how much it's worth giving up OG considering the fact of where his contract status is, how much he's getting paid. You know how much if OG was a five year veteran oh, or a six, seven year veteran on the free market, he's probably making, he's making at least oh, he's making Danny Green million a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And with his age, and with his age, it's that's probably, you know, making more with more years. I mean, um, I so if he was clutch, <laughs> yeah, if he was KCP, <laughs> he began the mean, KCP max. Listen, man, listen, <laughs> man, don't, je- don't jeopardize what I'm trying to do over here. <laughs> oh, man. KCP, man. That's uh, a strong but agent no, right no. there. But, uh, no, I, OG's definitely been looking good. And I know Danny's been talking to him a lot, actually. Oh, that's nice. Um, during this off season and dur- during the past, and during the season as well, he's probably one of they're probably like outside. Yeah, they're probably like close as a friend. Um, he's real proud of what OG's been doing so far, and he's been on OG just about being prepared for the moment, being in the lab, and doing what he does well. Because you know, if you look at their game, it's fairly similar. Obviously, yeah. OG's twenty times more athletic than Danny at this point. Yeah, well, but in terms of playing defense, being sound defensively hitting open shots, if you do that much with his physical attributes, you can make yourself a pretty valuable player in this league. And, again, that's one of the things that, you know, that's been good for Danny. You don't have to be an amazing athlete. If you could just do the core basic things like defense and hit open shots, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're going to have a long – you're going to be in the league for a long time. And then because OG's also an athlete, he has the potential to be even better um, than the quote-unquote average NBA player. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's great to hear, man. Uh, I, I always. I don't know why it surprised me that OG and Danny were great friends, um, but yeah, I mean, that seems to be very fruitful. OG, and, I, and I think you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Give us a scoop. What's going Danny on? Like, Danny likes. Danny likes peculiar people. Peculiar people. So. Oh, okay. OG. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it kind of fits the bill. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, coming into the year, I was thinking about, you know, OG would have to step into that Danny Green role. And Pascal had to step into that Kawhi role. And, you know, it's early right now. But uh, both of them have done pretty well in their sort of uh, advancements, you know, in that sense. It's just uh, they don't have a lot of depth because the new guys they signed haven't really stepped into, you know, the new Pascal role or the new OG role. But uh, maybe yeah. maybe rest of the season we'll, we'll see someone step up there. Yeah, that's probably the, maybe the most disappointment I would imagine for Masai and uh, Bobby Webster. I know, like, they took flyers on Ryan house Jeff took a flyer on Stanley Johnson, so yeah. not much loss, but to be honest, so far, not much gained um, from well, what they've been able to get the team so far. Well, I mean, if you go back to the timeline of the thing, because Kawhi took so long to make a decision, and it wasn't mm. so long, you know what I mean? Like, he's it's a big life decision. You can take your time. But because he took until the 6th and the rest of the NBA tampered their way into contracts on July or June 30th, uh, <laughs> yep. there was nobody left. You know what I mean? It was like yep. they can go into the tax to pay Danny, which... Obviously, I think if we're just looking at winning in this season, yes, you should definitely sign Danny. But also long-term, do you want to pay repeater tax uh, to keep Danny Green around to not necessarily be a championship contender this year? Probably not. I feel like they made a financial Especially decision. Especially after Mark opted in. Exactly. Well, yep. yeah, Mark opting in also uh, was significant. Yeah, once, once, yeah, well, yeah, once that ball rolls, it really puts a complex uh, 
and really made it a more complex situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, last thing before we uh, uh, circle back to uh, inside the green room and plan for that because I'm really interested about that. Kyle's averaging 24 points per game. 25% of his shots are in the restricted area he, where he's shooting 70% at the rim. He's uh, first in the NBA in minutes. Uh, what part of this uh, is unsustainable for you? Uh, I would have to assume it would be the minutes. Yeah, okay. Just because he's such, I mean, he, I mean, especially because there's another very capable point guard on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you could see a situation where, uh, maybe Fred comes out a bit earlier than he does now or vice versa, or they kind of alter the rotation so that Kyle doesn't have to play that many minutes. Cause as much as he could probably own it, mm-hmm. this probably is not best going forward. I mean, you know, Kyle's probably a stubborn guy and he wants to be out there, but at the same time, yeah. he's also, at this age, he's also wise and knows that certain things can't be sustainable over the course of the season. If you want Kyle at his best, mm-hmm. Um, when it really matters, so I can't imagine. Even if he, even if he feels like he can do it, there has to be somebody who steps back and says, "Hey, this is you know we've invested in Kyle. Uh, we gave him this extension too. Like let's be let's be reasonable here with what we're trying to ask him to do." And again, what what's the cost of losing regular season game thirty four versus potentially winning playoff game number four? Yeah. So yeah. good point. You got to think about it. Uh, but yeah, no. But he's been. Absolutely, oh, he's, he's balling, man. It's crazy. Oh he's, my god, he's twenty-four points a game from Kyle Lowry. That's first off, right now. That currently, that would be a career high. Obviously, we're talking about like seven games right now. But Kyle Lowry hasn't looked this good since like twenty seventeen. You know what I mean? Like he's gone what back he was, into the time chamber. Yeah, what he did in that Milwaukee game actually reminded uh, me of how well he played yeah. in Game One. Of the Eastern Conference Finals, remember that game that, yeah, we, that it looked like the Raptors supposed to win. Oh my god! Um, Everyone was just screaming about how much uh, we wasted Kyle Lowry's last good game. Little do we know he had something mm-hmm. saved up for Game Six of the NBA Finals. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it, 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 as much as people talked about Kawhi and obviously Pascal got a lot of praise for the finals, like Kyle was a killer yeah. in, the, in the in the in the finals too. Like it. It goes under mention because it, it, all the sentiment towards Kyle was like, "Yo, he's been with the Warrior. He's been kind of accomplished his whole, you know, his whole career." But like, really, he actually like was killing the, the oh, Warriors. He stepped up. Um, he stepped up. And, oh my gosh! And his conf- i think there has to be a confidence overspill into this season, and the pure fact that nobody wants to win an NBA title and just fade into the abyss. Yeah, of course. You know, especially like, not a guy as competitive as Kyle. Pride. Kyle's like a maniac in terms of competing, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not surprised by what he's doing. I would be surprised if he continues to play to all these minutes because it's just not it's just not wise. Even if it is sustainable, it's not wise. Yeah, exactly. Um, to keep doing it, so we'll, we'll see how it develops. Yeah, for now he's carrying the show, uh, or the, he's carrying the team. But uh, speaking of carrying the show, uh, so inside the green room, what's going on this year? Who you guys got lined up? Uh, where can we find you guys? You know, we we miss you guys, man. We miss you guys on the airways. Man, listen, it's been a, I, I've been missing the action too. Uh, free agency <laughs> yep. for Danny and free agency, podcast free agency isn't always fun. Yeah. Uh, but as I alluded, alluded to earlier in the uh, in our conversation here, we actually did tape our first episode of the new season with Dwight Howard. Yeah. Um. So that should be releasing, I believe, on Monday. So on the eve of. Well, on the same day that the Raptors play the Clippers, that'll be coming out 
Um, and then obviously throughout the course of the year, you could expect some Lakers. You could expect, uh, obviously when teams come into town, a little bit easier to get opposing players to come in as opposed to Toronto. Oh, yeah. Um, for, for various reasons. You're telling me people want to go to uh, LA in February? Yeah. <laughs> And then obviously there's a, a bit of entertainers who live in the area as well. Okay. So uh, looking looking forward to that. We have, uh, I think fans would like to see our new setup. It's really cool. Okay. Um, we'll be actually on and we'll be actually on TV this year um, here in the states at least. And obviously we'll still put all the content out on YouTube and all the podcast apps. So um, if you got if anybody's listening to this episode, they probably already follow inside the green room. I would hope or follow the guys. Or follow us on Twitter. Well, all that information will be coming out shortly. I think there's a big rollout, something like that. All right, that's, you know how that goes. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Uh, there's definitely <laughs> there's yeah, jumps on some hoops, but no, that sounds amazing, man. Uh, I'm really happy for uh, you know, obviously Danny as a Raptors fan, but I'm also real happy for you personally. Uh, you guys are gonna have a great time in LA this year. Um, hopefully, chase another championship. You know. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. I guess when the Lakers roll into town, man. I hope you. I hope you're here. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be there, and obviously, I'll be at Staples Center for both practice games coming up. Uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be in Toronto sooner than later. All right, man. Yo, Harrison, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming to the podcast, and yeah, go listen to Inside the Green Room. Not a problem. And hey, I'm still rooting for the Raptors just when yeah. they don't play the Lakers. You know how it goes. Yo, man, listen. If the Raptors make it to the finals and we see the Lakers, and guess what, by LeBron again, I wouldn't be mad this time. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just just accept that whatever happens from there, it's all good. It's all gravy, man. Everything after the championship yeah. is gravy. So there you go. All right, thanks again, man. All right, see you. All right, man. Peace. Thanks again. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.